everybody's doing well today. One of the dry places in our parking lot. Last week we, and the week before, we worked through talking about our attitudes toward work. And one of the ideas behind that had to do with our faith, I thought it might be fitting this week to talk about the nature of faith, because today faith means a lot of different things. But as a Christian, it shouldn't mean quite so many things. So the question is easily put out there, what is faith? What does it mean to believe? And depending on who you ask, you might get multiple different answers, but again, as Christians, we know where our answers come from. Some Christians think it means blind acceptance. You've just got to believe. Some skeptics agree faith is believing in something without good reason to do so. Uh, that's put out there by a lot of evolutionary people who oppose things like religious classes at colleges. Well, but both of those views are mistaken, though, no matter who holds them and why they hold them. Uh, such, such ignorance to the nature of faith leads to shallowness uh, of faith among Christians and prejudice against faith among skeptics. It's just like anything else. If you don't understand it, you are liable to fear it or even to mistreat the people involved in it, possibly for no good reason at all. If you don't understand something, how can you really form an opinion about it, and then how are you going to possibly treat the people involved correctly? In order to avoid misunderstanding the nature of faith, especially the nature of Christian faith, this study is going to examine both ideas, beginning with the nature of faith. As defined by Easton's Bible Dictionary, faith in general uh, is, is in general the persuasion of the mind that a certain statement is true. So it's not just a blind thing. There's the mind involved here in persuasion, so there's some thinking going on. Faith is not just this blind thing where you just roll with it. There's more to it than that. Its primary, its primary idea is trust. Your mind is involved, persuasion is involved, but you have to trust the information you're receiving. You have to trust whoever you're getting the information from as well. And it's a strong conviction or trust in something. Now our Bibles would describe it quite easily in a place such as Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Well, we have the word evidence in this verse, so again, it's not just some blind thing where we're just rolling the dice. There's more to it than that. There's some thinking involved. Uh, other versions might say things like being convinced of what we do not see. For example, you have faith that your parents are indeed your parents. We know that because that's what we were told. For all we know, they could have just been some people who snatched us up when we were babies. We really don't know, but faith tells us that they are based on things like the fact that they're raising us. They were there as long as we can remember and other things. Uh, you have other types of faith based on information you've been fed. You have faith that whoever worked on your car is competent enough not to kill you. Otherwise, you wouldn't get back in the driver's seat. And there's many other examples of our day-to-day -day lives that we wouldn't even think about where based on information we received, we trust in something. Based on your confidence in the reliability of somebody's word, you buy into what they're saying. Such conviction or trust prompts you to respond accordingly. We have such faith or trust or conviction in many things throughout our life. 
We believe in George Washington as a person of history. None of us have met him, but we believe that he was there, he existed. He did things that were written down. We believe in commercial aviation as a safe way of travel. People get on planes every day without too much fear because they see evidence that they take off and land all the time with fewer and fewer incidences as time goes on. Faith is trust or conviction in something or someone. Well, what about the evidentiary nature of faith? The fact that it requires a little bit of knowledge and possibly some evidence. Many people believe that faith is just blind. You just got to believe. Faith can be a conviction in things that you don't see. I'm not saying your eyeballs have to be involved. We use the example of George Washington. None of us have seen him. Hebrews 11, 1 again says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. People say, How do you know God's real? You haven't seen him. We always joke and say that. Well, I've never seen your brain. And it's a joke, but it really illustrates the point nicely. Your eyeballs don't have to be involved for faith. In fact, we can walk by faith and not by sight, like it was tells us to do in 2 Corinthians 5, 7. And when we talk about our spirituality, that's the way to go. But there can be sound reason or evidence for believing. You don't have to just believe because some stranger walked up to you and said, Hey, believe this! And you just say, Okay, I'll do that. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with getting a little bit more, and as Christians, we should be prepared to deliver that little bit more. Let's take it a step further back. As Christians, we should have received a little bit more. The fact is that there can be sound reasons or evidence for believing in what you cannot see. Just like you believe in people throughout history, even though you've never seen them. Just like you believe your parents are your parents, even though you weren't there, you didn't witness your birth. Other people believe that faith is a special gift from God for just a select few. It's another thing that you won't find in the Bible, but it's something that people believe. In one sense, faith is indeed a gift from God, but it's not like before creation he picked a certain number of people and said in 2020 these five will be saved because I just like their nose better and these 30 won't. It is a gift. and There is an element of predestination, but it wasn't because no matter how good or bad you are, he'd already decided. It's because he already knew everything. But that faith comes back to learning a few things and deciding whether or not to believe them. Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace ye are saved through faith and not the operation of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Romans 12.3 says, I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. And we could join a vast majority of quote-unquote Christian groups and we could stop right there and just have these few verses well, we got this grace of God, and it's a gift of God, and we don't got to talk about anything else. You just got to blindly believe, and we're already there. But we have a whole Bible with 66 books, and I forget how many chapters and verses in it, but there's a whole lot more words than just these. While faith owes its ultimate source to God, it's available to all. God desires all men to be saved. 1 Timothy 3, 6, 3, 2, 3, 3, 6. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of our God, of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Oh, God wants everybody to come to him. He's not going to force us. We're not going to go to re-education camps where angels are posted there with flaming swords until we study and study and study and we just blindly accept this faith. 
The Lord has put the evidence out there. He stretched his hand out and said, let me help you. I have this free gift of salvation I would really love you to take, but he's not going to cram it down your throat until you take it just to get him off your back. He wants you to weigh the evidence and come to him with your faith. He desires that which produces saving faith to be proclaimed to all. Romans 1.16 says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of, God, of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. The gospel of Christ lets information that we can be fed in order for us to have faith. And this information being fed through to us, the gospel, well, that's the power of God to salvation. Well, how do I know that's how that works out? Well, because if you don't hear the gospel message and you never receive that information, it doesn't matter what some of TV evangelists have told you. You didn't hear God's plan of salvation. You didn't hear what God had to say. Well, you're not one of God's because he said do this, and the other guy said do this, and that's all you heard. So how could you possibly be doing it God's way if you never heard God's way? You'd have to get awful lucky. <coughs> Romans 16, 25 and 26 says, To him that is of the power to establish you according to thy gospel, and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the beginning, since the world began, but now is made manifest, and by the scripture of the prophets, according to the commandments of all everlasting, God made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. So he kind of kept it a little hush for a while, but we're not there anymore. We've moved on. Christ has come. Christ has been crucified for all of us. Here's this information. It's free to everybody. Everybody needs to check it out because God really wants you through faith to follow him his way. The fact is that faith comes from evidence provided by God himself. I don't believe you can ever find an example anywhere in the New or Old Testament where anybody, whether it be a prophet or an angel or even God talking to somebody, just said, believe this one thing, and the other person just said, okay. When, you, when the Lord spoke to Moses, uh, there was evidence in that situation. Take the burning bush. There was a bush on fire, but the bush was okay. It wasn't burning up. That was pretty miraculous. And oh my goodness, there's a voice coming out of it. That evidence led him to accept the fact that, okay, well, whatever this voice is, it's bigger than I am. And as you go through all the other examples throughout the history, whether it be signs performed by prophets or... Uh, Jesus raising from the dead. We have evidences that were put there. And that's because people are skeptical and stupid. So the Lord said, well, okay, I know that about them, so we'll just go ahead and put some proof out there. And he put out more than enough. And there's people who say, oh, that's not enough. Well, no, it is enough. It's more than enough. It's written on a fifth grade level, and it's pretty simple stuff. You make it complicated. One of my electrical teachers would take a bunch of electrical boards that were set up perfectly, and he would go through and change three things on every board for the exam. And one guy would come back and say, Dan, I found nine problems and I fixed all of them. And he'd say, no, you found three problems. And then you created six more while you were troubleshooting. And when you found what you did, you fixed that too. And a lot of people would get mad, but that's exactly what we're talking about here. The gospel is laid out for you and it's simple. But Lord, I found all this. No, you found this. Along the way, you put all this in, whether by accident or on purpose or whatever the case may be, get back to here because this is what I put out there for you and it's simple. But it was so complicated. I know, but that's because you took this and put this in it. His way is not complicated. If I tell you, 
take a glass of water to the sink, turn the faucet on. I want to do that far from the top, turn it off. That's simple. When I come in here and you've got three garden hoses going all at once and the cup's overfilled and the carpet's rolling, that's not because I gave you bad directions. That's because you had some other way in mind wherever you got that idea from and you left the basic instructions you were given. If you have basic instructions before leaving Earth and they're simple, just stick to them. By the time you add all this other stuff in that's been added over the last 2,000 years, we can pick on any group we want, but we're just going to avoid that today because I'll get lost in that making jokes today. But the fact is, God's deal was simple, it was perfect, it was pure, and if we just stick to that, it's easy. It becomes complicated when man takes it upon themselves to complicate it in one way or another. Uh, the fact that faith comes from evidence provided by God himself. This is a fact. A fact is something you can't change. Uh, we breathe oxygen. That is a fact. You can't go in a room full of poisonous gas to prove that that's not a fact because all you're going to prove is that oxygen was in fact what you needed now that you're dead. Facts cannot be changed. Opinions can be changed. Every one of us have an opinion. And if that opinion is not based on fact, and we're reasonable enough to listen to facts, our opinion can be changed. But facts cannot, and the fact is that faith comes from evidence provided by God himself. Evidence of his existence in the universe, for one, Psalms 19, 1-3, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. When you look deeper and deeper into what they call science, the fact that things work up and line up the way that they do makes it impossible for it to be random chance. The more people learn about science, they go from the earth is flat to, oh my goodness, how did they write in the book of Job that the earth was round? And all these other examples, because God knew what he was doing and he designed it correctly, and science is something that man thought that they understood, and as more and more years go on, yes, a lot of it is correct, but somebody else will find a better way to study it or find a new piece of evidence and figure out, wow, we didn't quite have that one right. This is the truth. And every step of the way, just like the scholars they talked about in class this morning who were trying to, well, I don't believe in the Bible and I'm going to prove otherwise, well, we'll look at here now a few years down the road. What are you? You're a Christian because the deeper you dug for evidence, the more you found. And that's the way that Every other thing on earth, including science, ends up going. As they dig deeper and deeper, they find, oh my goodness, the earth is round. The Bible was right after all. Romans 1, 19 and 20 says, Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. As you go through and you get all these bits of evidence throughout the Bible, you see a lot of things, and the biggest one turns out to be God is real, Jesus is Lord, and anybody who's reasonable at all will take the evidence and say, well, I don't want to go to hell. I'm going to follow this little book here. There are evidence of signs and wonders so that we might believe in his son. Like we said a minute ago, people are stupid, and they don't always take things for what they are and how simple they are. So the Lord didn't just give us a whole book of evidence. Back in the first century, and with prophets prior than that, he put some more proof out there. John 5, 3, uh, 36 says, I have greater witnesses than that of John for the works which the Father has given me to finish, 
the same works that I do bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. And we're not seeing some of that going on today. Well, you had these Jews looking for a Messiah who had not had a real prophet in quite a while. Many of which who didn't even buy into Christ after the things they saw with their own eyes, just like a group of people who watched the sea part so they could walk through it and started grumbling the next day that God couldn't take care of them. But you still had this happening. You had this 33-year-old carpenter's son, basically from the wrong side of town. There's a, a verse that says something about, oh, these are Galileans. He wasn't even from the nice side of town. And here he is, running around, put people's ears back on, and bring Lazarus back from the dead. These were physical evidences before the New Testament was written, so people could look and say, he's definitely not just your average Joe. And anybody who studied their scriptures should start piecing puzzle pieces together and say, you know, this could be that, that Messiah we're looking for. And many of them did. John 10, 37 and 38 says, I do not the works of my father. I, I do not the works of my father. Believe me not. But if I do, though ye believe not, believe the works that ye may know and believe that the Father is in me and I in him. I'm not just doing these things for fun. I'm not doing them for myself. I'm doing these as the works of my Father to show you what's going on. John 14, 10 and 11. Believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doth he doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and He in me, or else believe me for the very uh, for the very works sake. I did these things not because I'm a normal man, but because the God that you serve were together. I'm His, He's mine. If you don't believe me, look at it again and try to figure it out. Uh, but I'm not just some sorcerer <laughs> sent from some false god. The Lord is working with me here. John 20, 30, and 31 says, Many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. Faith in the Bible is not a blind faith. It is trust based on evidence. So you have all this evidence recorded in the Bible. Then you can go further if you're still skeptical and you can start doing some research. You're going to find out through history that these are real people. John the Baptist wasn't made up. Christ wasn't made up. David wasn't made up. Goliath wasn't made up. Secular history has all this stuff recorded. And the more skeptical you are, the more you search for evidence. If you're searching credible sources, you're only going to find more and more that, man, there's something true about this book. So you have the evidentiary nature of faith, which becomes clearer and clearer as we consider uh, things such as the nature of Christian faith. And I think that's where we're going to pick back up tonight. I'm making these outlines longer and longer and longer, and I don't know how because my attention span is not nearly as long as they are. As, as we're looking through this more and more and we're figuring out what faith is, we can start out with just the very simple basics that we've already covered here. Faith is evidence-based. It's not just some blind thing because some stranger walked up and said, Hey, believe me, and you said yes. And we have tons of evidence in the Bible, and that evidence is directly from God. And if we're really that skeptical that that's simply not enough for us, we can go further and we'll find more and more evidence. Just like many other atheists who didn't have a foxhole around, so they did a bunch of research and found out, okay, well this atheist thing just ain't working because the evidence doesn't support it. 
Our faith is something we should consider all the time. We shouldn't just let it grow stagnant. We need to work it like any other muscle. We need to remember what it's for, where it came from, and just how important it is, and occasionally evaluate it just like anything else. Am I sick? Do I have a headache? Is my stomach okay? Well, how about our faith? Is my faith sick? Is it as good as it was the day I got baptized? Do I even still believe in the Lord? Because there are people who, whether they weren't originally saved or not, might have gotten to a point in their life where they're questioning their faith because they need to go back to their basics and they need to do a little reading and study. And it's not because God walked away from them, it's because they drifted themselves away from God through whatever it was in their life they allowed to take them away. We always have an invitation when we're together. We remind people the invitation is good whether this door is unlocked or not. This building can get knocked over and set on fire and we'll still have an invitation. But we're here together now. If you're not a Christian, spurn the invitation. You could die on your way home today. You'll go to hell. If you're a Christian, you could have a million needs. It don't matter what they are. We're all a family here. We're in this together. We're here for you while we stand and sing.